When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sowing the seeds of cannabis and sounding the praise of our favorite plants, it's time to Hempresent. Our radio resident Hempo-Sapien Vivian McPeak will present a weekly platform for guests and listeners to Hempresent about hemp and cannabis from the legal, activist, and reformist route. Let's round up and roll it up for our headmaster of hemp, Vivian McPeak. The weekly radio show where you can get your PhD in THC because you don't just want to burn it, you want to learn it. Seeking to defeat prohibition one interview at a time and advocating for the plant, the whole plant, and nothing but the plant. Join me for a weekly Reefer Radio Rebellion Against Prohibition as I speak with some of the principal risk takers, movers, and shakers, and history makers of the cannabis industry, culture, and reform movement. I'm your host, Vivian McPeak. I am the executive director of the world's largest annual cannabis policy reform event, the Seattle Hemp Fest, in its 25th year, found at hempfest.org. I'm also the author of the book, Protestable, a 20-year retrospective of Seattle Hemp Fest from AHA Publishing. Transmitting from a hempcrete fortified bunker under a ramshackle reefer radio warren and an undisclosed location deep within the rumbling bowels of underground Seattle. My goal is to spread the green flame of 420 truth in 30-minute increments. Today's guest on Hempresent is Joshua Sheets, author of Homegrown Marijuana, published by Cool Springs Press, who will be joining me in a hummingbird's heartbeat. It has recently been reported that in my state of Washington, retail cannabis outlets have sold more than $1 billion worth of recreational pots since the 2014 election when cannabis was decriminalized here. This $1 billion worth of non-medicinal marijuana purportedly generated more than $250 million to Washington state coffers via excise taxes, and I think that's great. The cannabis industry is an emerging growth mega industry that will no doubt eventually sweep the globe and come to rival the pharmaceutical, the alcohol, and the tobacco industries in terms of sales and revenue. Other states are poised to transition away from prohibitionist laws and to let and to harm reduction policies of legalization because sanity is slowly seeping into their policy consciousness, or are they just hungry for tax revenues? Nobody can accurately predict how much money, how much tax revenue, and how many jobs the cannabis industry will eventually come to generate. It could be mind-boggling. But no matter how mainstreamed or how large and lucrative the cannabis consumer market becomes, we will not be experiencing real legalization unless we can grow our own at home. 
Unless personal artisan cultivation is legal, Americans will not truly have the freedom to enjoy for recreation or medicinal application the cannabis of their choice, nor will they be able to guarantee its purity from chemicals and fertilizers. While the black market provides a convenient boogeyman for prohibitionists and now for white market forces as well, it has been the people's market for many decades and has sustained a ravenous cannabis culture across the globe. While the black market provides a convenient boogeyman for prohibitionists and now for white market forces as well, it has been the people's market for many decades and has sustained a ravenous cannabis culture across the globe. Home cultivation has been the people's market's principal producer, and medical cannabis patients have special needs that need to be met. Patients in particular can routinely require both higher yields, higher potencies, and specific strains to address their specific symptoms or maladies. The ability to produce their own medicine is paramount for certain patients or their care caregivers who are in a position to do so. My guest today is here to make sure that those people have the resources to help them do it right. In the new book, Homegrown Marijuana, you'll find all the information you need to create and operate a hydroponic growing system in your house. Joshua Sheets explains how to create, build, maintain, and harvest a marijuana garden. Sheets also includes plenty of background information you'll want to know on subjects such as nutrient solutions, propagating plants, selecting varieties, troubleshooting problems, and much more, and he's joined me today. Welcome, Joshua, to Hemp Present on Cannabis Radio. Hey, thanks for having me. So, Josh, I have a standard first question, and that is, how were you introduced to cannabis? Have you always been a true believer, or was there a moment along the way that changed you? Yeah, the, the first time I tried cannabis, I noticed some relief from symptoms of the disease I have. I have trigeminal neuralgia. It's really painful. It's called the suicide disease by a lot of neurologists. And, uh, you know, I've been on a lot of pharmaceuticals and stuff, and at about 13, I was passed a joint by another kid, and I tried it, and over the course of a few months, I weaned myself off a lot of the pharmaceuticals, and I've been working towards, you know, no pharmaceuticals, no attacks for the rest of my life. So you basically were trying a recreational, trying pot recreationally, and you immediately found that it, it was helping your symptoms? Yeah, over the course of two weeks, it was it was pretty hard to neglect that. Did you talk to your parents, your doctor about medical marijuana at the time, or, or did you just start using it on your own? Well, medical marijuana wasn't actually legal at that point yet. It still had a couple of more years. So I talked to my doctor, and he kind of chastised me, but he was like, you know, if it's working, it's working. My parents were very much against it. Some of the first bud I smoked was bud that I had grown out in the woods because I was like a kid and couldn't find it, and no one wanted to help me. So you started cultivating very early. Yeah, I grew up with my grandpa had a like a one acre victory farm and he raised Dobermans. So I grew up kind of in a farming type horticulture environment. Now, your book, Homegrown Marijuana by Cool Springs Press, identifies a water based hydroponic system as the optimal system for a home grow. Why is that? What are the benefits of going hydro? There are a lot of benefits to go on hydro. You get slightly larger yields. You have more control over tailoring. The look, the taste, the aroma of your product, uh, it's a lot cleaner. Um, on water usage, it's actually lower because you, if, if you're using a recycling reservoir, uh, the list goes on and on, really. So you use le- you're actually using less water with a hydroponic system? Yeah, because you're using, you know, let's say in a certain system, 45 gallons over the course of 7 to 10 days. You know, that that can feed any number of plants up to an 8 by 8 area. Are you reusing the same water? Is that why it's... Uh... Yeah, yeah, and that water, that water recirculates and is used at the same time. So in a soil garden, you know, let's say 
uh, 50 plants that ate about two gallons or drank about two gallons of water every few days, you know, that you would easily be a 90 or 120. So, boy, that really adds up over a long period of time. Uh, that, that's a significant savings in, of water usage. Yeah, and the thing with growing cannabis is that everything really adds up over time. It's really a game of attention to detail and proper planning. Who is homegrown marijuana intended for? What what kind of grower did you write the book for, and how can they get the most out of homegrown marijuana? It's intended for exactly who you said on the tag, for all Americans or anybody who needs to grow cannabis either for recreation or for medicinal purposes. It's also a very sound piece that works really well for any sort of advanced horticulturist. It's got a really, really good set of bones and instructions in there. It's a really good baseline that you can follow with any sort of water garden. How about power usage with a hydroponic garden? Is there anything different in the light cycle or the the power cycle at all? You know, the majority of your power is always going to be your environmental controls and your lights, and those are going to really remain the same. The book has all of those bases in it. If you're a beginning gardener, it takes you from A to Z, so you understand everything and you get all the way from starting your seed to smoking your crop. Can you grow hydroponically outdoors? Absolutely. I've done it several times and in a greenhouse. It's very rewarding. Huh. Legalization appears to be the growing trend. Do you think that there will be a large enough home grow segment of the population when pot stores dot the landscape and cannabis becomes a standard commodity? Do you predict a lot of artisan growing after full legalization? I absolutely do. And you live in Washington and so do I. And I see it every day. I've seen the, the medicinal growers, some of them that were vending their stuff at farmer's markets like PCE and Sunshine Organic are some of the most amazing growers in the world. And they have these small controlled grows where they're, it's an extreme labor of love for them. It's very difficult to put that on macro. You can't take sort of your artisanal work and expand the times 100. You sort of need to approach the larger beast as if it's a larger beast. How about water quality? Do you need to treat standard tap water? How do you address that? You didn't have the option of either conditioning the water. It gives you a cleaner baseline to start from. The more things that you control going into, going into your growth, uh, the better results that you can foster yourself. What are some of the most common misconceptions you think people out there have about hydroponic gardening? The most common misconception that I hear is the taste is different and the flush is not done correctly. And a lot of times that's true, but a lot of times what people are tasting is fungicides and pesticides, unfortunately. So it's very up in the air, you know, and it's not really real. If you flush the plant correctly, it tastes just as sweet and just as good as anything grown organically. I've done them side-by-side comparisons multiple times. How about the economics of soil versus hydro? How does that break they, down? They Is compare, one cheaper than the they other? They compare a lot on the, on the buy-in. So it's, m- it's more expensive to launch a hydroponic garden in the outset, but not that much more expensive. The upkeep of the hydroponic garden tends to be lower in the man hours that you need to fill it. So the amount of time or time that you're paying for is lower as well with a higher yield. It's just a better math equation. So in the cost-benefit analysis of time, labor, dollars, et cetera, you think that you're going to come out ahead with a hydro system? Yeah, I mean, if you grow a slightly larger crop, that's slightly better with slightly less man hours. It's a win-win-win. Of course, you don't have all of this soil waste to deal with after every crop, right? 
a lot of organic growing is very artisanal, like you were talking about, and your heart goes into it and you work hand in hand with the dirt quite a bit. That also adds up in a ton of man hours. And all that soil has got to go somewhere. Yeah, I mean, you got to pack it in, you got to pack it out, you have to treat it if anything happens to it, you need to make sure your fertilizer regimen is correct. Everything essentially is kind of time released unless you're fertigating with salt-based nutrients really quickly and all that stuff you've got to factor in. They're equally as complicated and I found them to both, both techniques to be equally as rewarding. I like using synthetic nutrients in soil as well, you know, and I like using organic nutrients in promixes. So there's a lot of ways to skin the cat. You can grow phenomenal world-class pot in any system. It's just about how much you take care of it. How about strains? Are there any strains which uh, do better in hydro than in soil? Are we at that point you yet? Know, that's a good question. It's a really good question. There, there are and there aren't. So some, because of the phenomenon of seed diversity and launching seeds and them being you know slightly different brothers and sisters, so you get 100 pack of seeds and maybe 15 or 12 of them are very different from each other and 50 or 60 of them are really homogenous and then there's sort of a range in between really what you want to be doing is selecting the phenotype specifically for the type of garden that you want to do out of that i mean you can take a blue dream i've seen you know many different cuts of the blue dream plant we've all seen girl scout cookies up and down the map right completely different here and there so it's just about picking the appropriate plant, selecting the correct phenotype. There are some varieties, you know, if you want a large garden with tall plants, you know, you don't want to select tangy because it's really small, you know, or if you might not want a hardline kush, that's really short or vice versa. So there's all sorts of those things to take into consideration. And the book intimately discusses the entire process of growing marijuana. It's a very important to approach it that way. Say somebody had a very, very small space, like a closet. Would that make sense to do a hydro operation in a really small area? You know, the smaller your area, the more you would want to do a hydroponic garden because you can sort of pack things in tighter and get a heavier flower off of it. It's kind of like you would want to do that. If you had some extra space in a greenhouse, then a big, nice organic grow might be sort of what you're looking at. But if you do have a little closet, you are going to want to pack those suckers in there tight and feed them hot so that it's worth doing. I'm talking to Joshua Sheets on Hempersent on Cannabis Radio. He's the author of the book Homegrown Marijuana. We're going to be right back after a quick pause for the cause because there's flaws and laws here. Word from our sponsors and advertisers. Time to roll out for the people that let us Hempersent. Hang loose. We're coming right back. Dr. Dabber, hurry. Its temperature is shooting past 1,000 degrees Fahrenheit. It's burning up. I'm afraid for this little guy, it's just too late. What caused the problem? Only Dr. Dabber can maintain the perfect temperature for a smooth-tasting, slower burn. This standard vaporizer lost all of its health benefits, sending it up in smoke. So you're telling me that most vapor pens burn so hot they produce smoke, not vapor? Correct. Keep away from those standard vaporizer pens and turn to Dr. Dabber. Doctor's orders. Less heat, more flavor. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. Bought a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow! The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seed, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put different celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is Hemping, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. 
Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hepink. Hi, I'm Montel Williams. Most of you know me as a talk show host, but I'm also an author, actor, single father of four, avid snowboarder, and I'm also a medical marijuana patient. Living with multiple sclerosis, I'm in pain every day. Medical marijuana is my last resort, and it helps me when all other drugs have failed. If you'd like more information about medical marijuana, you can contact the Marijuana Policy Project at mpp.org or call 1-877-JOIN-MPP. Let me welcome Nick Hexum from 311. We never heard things like your music when it first came out. It's like to mix the reggae with the punk and all of that together was just such an unusual sound and and we loved it. We realized we're not going to copy what's on the radio. At the time, it was all grunge that was on the radio. And I said, let's just stick to what we know and wait for culture to come around to us. Hey, it's Nick Hexum from 311, and you're listening to Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina on CannabisRadio.com. Hemp presents only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong emperor of hemp, Vivian McPeak. And we are back on Hemp Present on Cannabis Radio talking to the author of Homegrown Marijuana, Joshua Sheets. Joshua, how promising are LED lights? Has the technology caught up with traditional lighting in terms of efficiency and performance? Theory and practice, right? In theory, the LED light is really great. In practice, it's still kind of climbing the hill. It'll get there. You can mimic a 600 with a pretty big, expensive one. And what's your benefit going to be? You know, there's there's no real heat coming off of that, and the spectrum for growth of the lights is dialed into the plant. And you're going to have less power consumption? Less power consumption, less heat. It really feels like as legalization advances and as cannabis becomes more of a standard commodity that the footprint for home cultivation is going to become more and more complicated as far as the carbon footprint uh, the the power usage the water usage and that do you think that's going to be a problem for home cultivation down the road as more and more people want to get involved or do you think the technology no, will be I, able I to, work, to keep I, up with it the technology is attempting to keep up with it, but what really is keeping up with it is our consumerism as Americans. If you have a large TV in your home, it's probably about 800 to 1,200 watts. You have multiple of those TVs playing video games online while running a dishwasher. Like that, that's added up to three or four lights, I think. They're not going 12 or 24 hours a day, but you can see what I'm talking about. Some people do run their TVs that long. One light in a house is like 40 to $60 on most people's electricity. But if, you know, say another uh, 500,000 people decided to grow pot at their ha- in their home, that could translate into a lot of power usage, a lot of water pretty fast, don't you think? It does add up, but I think the infrastructure is, if everyone in America were to just start gardening at once, it might be an issue, but I think it could fully That's support not, it. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure that the power what, what we, would be really yeah, What happy we can anticipate that is that most people will go down and get their pot from a store if they can, and that's pretty much a given. 
it's what we're seeing a lot here in Washington, right? The rec stores are kind of booming, medical shutting down. People like kind of are in their house with their crop going, well, what do I do with this killer bud? I just grew this half pound or whatever, you know? Right. And of course, you can't even legally grow in Washington State anything unless you're a patient. Yeah. Which is a huge problem. Talk to me about pests. You know, everybody's got the problem with, with you know, spider mites and black flies and what have you. Uh, how is that different with a hydro against a soil situation? Depending on the medium that you use, stuff like fungus gnats and soil-borne illnesses and pathogens, they're just not going to be around because you're not using soil, with the exception of a couple of things. Like you can get fungus gnats in rock wool pretty darn good because it likes to grow an algae on top of it. But well, what are the options? For the most part, you don't have any of those concerns. When you say medium, then, what, are you, what are you talking about? So if you're growing in water, which is pure hydroponics, then obviously, you know, the fungal gnats aren't going to be able to live in the water or any other thing that's related to the soil. There's no soil present, really. Then you have rock wool, which is kind of a spun volcanic material. It, it also, you know, becomes pretty much really clean. There's expanded clay pellets. You can kind of get some things living in those. The cocoa PR pretty much works like sterile dirt does. And then it kind of like walks its way into, you know, an, or, an organic garden with a food soil web and an entire teeming, you know, life sphere going on in there. So why, why write a book on marijuana cultivation? Why do people need to know how to grow their own herb? What's the motivation behind homegrown marijuana? The motivation is a garden in every home, realistically, what you're talking about. I saw Michelle Obama's gardening book a few years back and was sort of inspired to take the stuff that I was doing and sort of run with it. Everyone can really reduce the footprint as a whole, like you were talking about. The big rec stores, are they have huge factories that are pumping out this kind of six, seven on the 10 scale quality weed. And honestly, they're burning huge gavitas and they're running giant fans. And there's a lot of that carbon footprint that you were talking about. A small controlled growth that's paid for by an individual private person out of their own home, you know, costs 40 to $60 a month plus news, maybe a hundred dollars a month. And at the end of that, you know, you might have three or four times a year money in usable medicine or recreational pot. Josh, do you have any uh, suggestions on what nutrients you suggest that people would experiment with? Oh, absolutely. There's a lot of really great fertilizers out there, and there's a lot of kind of questionable products. A lot of people are bottling up stuff, and the labels are inaccurate, you know. What I suggest is that you use what you can find in your grow store, or you go to a nursery and use what they're using, you know, if you live in a place where there's no grow shops. Lines like Advanced Nutrient, Dutch Master, Ionic, you know, these are all good things. These are what people are using. There's a lot of great pot in the, in the farmer's markets before they were shut down. That was grown on jungle juice. Um, there's also a lot of great pot that's grown with like organic teas and kelp extracts, blood meal, bone meal, all that sort of stuff, you know. Any, either direction that you want to go with it is great. What you want to do is make sure that what you're feeding your plants is what the retailer says that it is that there's not some kelp extract in there that has paclobuterol in it or ALAR or, you know, a bunch of other stuff. The, the Bloom Boosters have a lot of PGRs in them. And it's really questionable whether PGRs are good for you in the long term. How should people shop around for a hydroponic system? Do you have any pointers if you were just going to start off? How do people choose the right system? 
Well, if you purchase the book from Amazon or Barnes and Nobles or what retailers you can find it from, it really walks you through building a system yourself out of stuff that you get from like a box store or a Walmart. And that's kind of what I recommend after all these years of working with huge systems and building them and fabricating them and working with prefabricated ones, working with guys that are in grow shops and all sorts of growers near and far, you know, from 502s to medicals to private growth. Uh, really, you should just build your stuff yourself. Your, your environment is going to probably be pretty unique. I mean, a lot of people don't just use a standard area. I try to make it really accessible by using four by eight structures or four by four tents, you know, to make it sort of uniform for the purposes of getting the information across to the people that are using it. But you should really just build your own to your setup or like a custom suit, custom grow. I am speaking with Joshua Sheets, the author of Homegrown Marijuana. We are going to take another quick break and come back for our final questions. Don't go anywhere. Time to roll out for the people that let us have present. Hang loose. We're coming right back. The next generation of vaporizers has arrived. Vuber vaporizers are blazing the way with unparalleled technology for oil, concentrate, or dry flower pens. Providing unsurpassed customer service and expert craftsmanship, Vuber vaporizers use cutting-edge technology, providing a power-packed, smoother vapor with a lifetime guarantee. Experience vaporizing the way it was meant to be, the Vuber way. Cash? Sorry. I don't carry around cash, and I don't want to use the ATM and pay surcharges. You don't need to carry cash. Haven't you heard about PayQuick? Okay, tell me about PayQuick. It's the safe and easy way to pay. It works just like your debit card to securely pay for your purchase, and it gives you rewards points every time you use it. Nice. PayQuick, the safe and easy way to pay. P-A-Y-Q-W-I-C-K dot com. Play as Ted Growing, expelled botany sophomore and the biggest grower in town, only on Weed Firm Replanted, available on the App Store and Google Play. It's a lot of work being the biggest grower in town, maintaining a room full of plants while dealing with a slew of eccentric customers, from a hardcore partier to the curious neighbor next door. Is anybody home? Help me expand my bud business by unlocking new strains, customizing my grow room, and completing challenges that you can't get enough of. Grow your empire so big you can see it from space. Low on funds? Don't worry. Weed Firm Replanted is free to download. Download Weed Firm Replanted for free on the App Store and Google Play today. Get growing, Mr. Growing. Hello and welcome all you high-flying, die-trying, roll a Philly blunt for your friend hempsters, every roach-smoking, bong-token, however you get your THC can enthusiasts, all you rebels, individualistic originals, and outside-the-box ganja warriors, you chunky monkey, cherry Garcia, munchy-loving hempsters, all you captive earth surfers, astral travelers, and ganja-loving canosaurs, all you high-flying, wide-smiling, ganja-rific cannabophiles, welcome to everyone except Donald Trump supporters, because that's how I really feel. The Grow Show with Kyle Cushman, only on CannabisRadio.com. We're back to Hemp Presents, only on Cannabis Radio. Now, back to our headstrong hemperer of hemp, Vivian McPeak. And we are back on Hemp Present on Cannabis Radio with Joshua Sheets, author of the book Homegrown Marijuana. So, Joshua, how can people find out more about your book? How can they purchase your book and find out more about your great work? My book is available in all the major outlets. It's at Barnes & Nobles. You can get it off of Amazon.com. 
You can also go to my website, which is HTTP Joshua Sheets 13.wix.com author hyphen blog. Give that one more time since that's kind of a long one. It's at HTTP colon backslashes Joshua Sheets 13.wix.com backslash author hyphen blog. You ever feel like a revolutionary? Telling people uh, how to. A lot of uh, times I. Yeah, telling people of, how to spread the good herb. Yeah, you know, it, it really has changed my life. And it's really important that there are a lot of other people out there suffering and it can change our lives too. If you had the power to make it happen, what would you want people to take away from homegrown marijuana? Uh, if there was one thing they could take away from your book, what would it be? That you can do this stuff yourself very well. Don't rely on anybody else. You can do it yourself. Absolutely. The heart of the book really is that to get you the information that you need to be a successful gardener. And it's complicated and it's a little bit of an endeavor, but like anything, you know, that's good. That takes time. It's very rewarding. Joshua Sheets, author of Homegrown Marijuana. Thanks so much for being on Hempresent on Cannabis Radio, bro. Appreciate you. I look forward to checking out your book a little bit more. Thank you, man. Have a good day. All right. Take care. Now I want to get to a weekly feature of Hempresent on CannabisRadio.com, and that is the quote of the week, and it goes like this. Quote, I have always loved marijuana and has been a source of joy and comfort to me for many years, and I still think of it as a basic staple of life along with beer and ice and grapefruits, and millions of Americans agree with me, and that is iconic journalist and novelist Hunter S. Thompson. That concludes this in installment of Hemp Present on Cannabis Radio. I want you to grab a pen and paper because I want to hear from you. Email me at hemppresent at gmail.com with suggestions, comments, and questions. I want to thank the goddess and God in the control room, Hannah and Brasco, and my awesome sponsors and pragmatic producers. Join me next week for some more reefer repartee and cannabis confabulation with some hempy hempo sapien on a journey to justice. Because when it comes to prohibition, you have the right not to remain silent. Activism requires a voice, so find yours and speak up for justice because resistance is fertile. Until then, my friends, stay strong, stand tall, and toke it easy. And don't forget to email me at hempresent at gmail.com. The Hempresent theme song, Take Back the Plant, is performed by Stickerbush and sung by a much younger version of myself, Trump the Music Maestro. I'm out. Marijuana! THC! Sweet Sativa! opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.